Not many words rhyme with galangle, so I'll be careful to them not mangle. The truth for healing of your heart, drink galangle and wine all a cart. Or if a fever thou doth hast, drink galangle and water so that it not last. For producing semen or inducing lust, in galangle thou shalt trust. In bringing luck or making a buck, use galangle to get unstuck. Greetings! Welcome to A Thousand Serious Moves with Amanda Holstein. This is an occasionally comedic podcast about mysticism, spirituality, and magic. Welcome! This season of A Thousand Serious Moves, we're going through the practical and useful uses of herbs, resins, spices, and roots. Today's root of the day is galangal. Before we dive into the useful uses of galangal, we are going to talk about other things like promotion. Yes, promoting. So I'm going to be reading tarot at the Marfa Lights Festival on Friday, September 2nd, and possibly September 3rd on that Saturday, but for sure on that Friday. So if you're in Marfa and you're at the Marfa Lights Festival, come find my booth and get yourself a tarot reading. You can also contact me for a virtual or in-person tarot reading. You can send me an email at htxoracle at gmail.com. I'm revamping the website. So on this Saturday, August 27th, you can go to marymarfa.com and book a tarot reading on there. You can also check out my art on that website or at my Etsy shop at etsy.com slash shop slash Hanael777. That's H-A-N-A-E-L-777. I have some new evil eye pieces of art that you can hang up in your house to divert the evil eye of jealousy and negativity. I also have a new Sator square on there and some new magical oils. So check out my Etsy shop or check out marymarfa.com. All of this information is posted in the show notes. So how's it going, friends? What's up? I'm looking out into the courtyard where I live here at building 98 in Marfa and I have a tomato plant that's growing. And this is the first time I've been able to successfully grow a tomato plant. And yesterday I ate the first ripe and ready tomato. There's a lot more that are growing from the plant. In the container that the tomatoes are growing in, there's also basil. So basil and tomato not only taste delicious together, they are also delightful companion plants. And so they grow really well together as well. So there's that, and um, I also have a, have a spider story. So there's a spider that lives outside the door of my holy guardian angel's altar. She's a tarantula that we have named Harrietta. And obviously tarantulas can appear to be very frightening. 
though we know that they are harmless to humans, except for our own fear. So the other day I was doing this exercise of walking around the property, getting to know the plants that grow here at Building 98 and in which directions and why certain plants grow together. And part of this exercise entailed me standing in front of my door and seeing if there's any plants that are growing there or any spiders or just making note of what's going on outside my front door. And knowing that Miss Harrietta, our brown tarantula, resides in front of my guardian angel's altar, I knew that I could ask her a particular question. Apparently, spiders are great indicators of warning signs. And so I thought maybe I could request that she warn me if there be any intruders. So the other morning on Saturday, around 3 a.m., I couldn't sleep. So I went outside to the courtyard to smoke a cigarette. And I didn't have my glasses on and the moon was not to be seen. And I looked down at my feet and there was this shadowy figure. And so I took the lighter and flicked it on and held the flame down to the ground and saw that it was Harrietta, which is naturally slightly frightening to see a tarantula at your feet at 3 a.m. Um, so I said, oh, hello. You could understand why I might almost be frightened by your appearance, but hello. And I made my request known to her. I said, if there are any intruders, would you please warn me? And then I put out my cigarette and went inside and went back to bed. The next day on Sunday around sunset, I saw Harrietta scaling the wall outside and said, oh, hello, hi. Um, are you warning me of something or are you just hanging out? That night, um, there were no unexpected intruders, but the next morning, on Monday morning, I was doing yoga and had my door open to the courtyard so my dog Toops couldn't go in and out at his leisure, and as I'm there down on the ground at the yoga mat, I see eight legs begin to crawl in to my room. Okay, hello, Harrietta. Hi, what's up? So I walk over to her and try to stay calm and say, is there something that you have to tell me? And then I tell her, well, I'm going to I'm going to need you to go back outside. So I trying to think on my feet and how do I get Harrietta out of the room and something doesn't feel right about putting her in a jar and so I grab one of my daily 12-step readers and try to get her to climb on the book and she doesn't. She 
rears up on her hind legs, like as if to say like, what's going on? This is a little annoying. And then I imagine David Sleeper, um, the mule whisperer. I imagine him holding a tarantula and saying something like, they're perfectly safe, you know? And uh, so knowing that Harrietta is safe to pick up, though confronting my own unconscious bias of creepy crawly spiders, I speak with her and attempt to muster the courage to pick her up and say, my inclination is to be frightened, but I'm going to pick you up now. And so as I attempt to pick her up with my hand, she starts to move and it it startles me a little, so I, I pull my hand away. <clears throat> and then I say, well, let's try again. You know, she's not going anywhere. She's I, If I want her out of here, I'm going to need to do this. And so I black out <laughs> slightly and reach for her and pick her up. And she's so soft, almost animal-like. And my heart skips a beat as I walk outside and place her in the grass and say, without thinking, I say, thank you for letting me know that I'm safe. And what I meant by that is that I'm safe to pick her up. And at the time I thought, well, Maybe I'm also saying on another level that I'm safe and that there aren't actually any intruders coming. But I still pay attention. So a few hours later, I'm getting ready to go out and run my Marfa errands, which entail going to the post office and going to the Dollar General. And as I'm walking out the front door, therein walks this man who I'm not a huge fan of, but who used to live here at Building 98. And every time he's here, I feel uncomfortable. Um, He's always commenting about what I'm wearing and sort of sizing me up with his eyes. And, you know, and I'm very cold with him. And I think that that's okay. I don't have to pretend to be friendly to somebody that makes me feel uncomfortable. I can set up emotional and mental boundaries and I don't have to make this person feel welcome for, I mean, after all, I live here and sometimes I just want to go to the kitchen and get coffee without being mildly sexually harassed. So then as I'm in the car driving away after seeing this person and And then I remember Harrietta and my request of her to let me know if there's ever an intruder or some unwelcome guest. Interesting, I thought, how she actually was doing that and that I am learning how to pay attention to these signs and to act accordingly. So... Noted. And yesterday, or Wednesday, rather, I um, 
I had been doing some step work here at my desk. I'm, you know, in the 12 steps, I was sitting at the desk and doing step work. And after that was finished, I was going to do some meditations. And I went to the bathroom first. And as I'm walking into the bathroom, and there's Harrietta in my bathroom. She had come in through the door and made her way all the way over to my dog's food bowl and she wasn't eating the food she was just standing about a foot away and said oh afternoon to you ma'am giant tarantula in my room and I say well hello there and um what's what's up you know and um so I practice once again picking her up and taking her outside and it was like that feeling of when you're in an elevator and your stomach drops where my inclination would be to be afraid and then learning to be safe um, almost like healing trauma of the inclination or the assumption that something's going to go wrong and then the practice of confronting the fear and trusting that all is well so I, I bring her outside and I go to the kitchen and come back and see her walking around the courtyard and and I holler across the courtyard I say Harrietta was there something that you were trying to tell me and I had a thought that when I sat down to do my meditation I ought to close my door but I didn't I thought to just leave it cracked I mean there's there's a curtain in front of the door you can't see right into my room and the fresh air does me good and then there I am in the middle of meditation after finally centering myself and breathing in white smoke and out black smoke. And I'm in the midst of this meditative state. And then I hear that man's voice and he says, Amanda, Amanda, hello? Hello, you have a package. And then I'm like, I... I thought about ignoring him, but, I, you know, this is all practice. And so I get up and, you know, he puts the package on the table and, and then I close the door. And then I remembered Harrietta, her warning. And how now when I see her, I ought to close the door. And maybe consider some other type of working for keeping out unwanted guests learning to pay attention learning how to respond to what i see that's part of the challenge right is is how do i respond given the information that i've received and on an unrelated yet related note is how do I respond without projection? You know, and then this thought that's like, what, you know, what do we do? Do we trust the intuition? I think that's, that's the key. And then the other question is like, how do we know if it's intuition or projection of fear?
discernment, asking for guidance, bouncing ideas off other people who, who, who grant us wise counsel. And that ultimately that we're the ones who make the decision. And I was confronted with another difficult situation on Tuesday where somebody contacted me and I wasn't sure how to respond. And there's the one hand that says, well, I don't want to hurt this person's feelings by not responding. And then there's the other hand where I have to protect myself. I have to protect my own serenity, my own sanity, my own recovery. And learning that I don't have to respond right away either. I don't have to just compulsively go with my first thought. I can pause and put space between me and the situation. I can seek wise counsel and then gather information, pray, ask for guidance, ask for clarity, and then move forward from there. Releasing a sense of obligation, if it's something that makes me feel uncomfortable. And this is the nuance of wisdom, is that sometimes we have to get uncomfortable. Sometimes we have to do things that we don't want to do, like exercise or meditate or pray. And then sometimes we don't have to do anything. Sometimes we don't have to feel obligated to other people other than that when I am tending to my own recovery, sometimes that's the best that I can do. I don't have to have all the answers. In fact, oftentimes there's not a clear answer and that right and wrong are just some remnant of the past. And maybe you think, well, aren't there certain times when things are clearly right and wrong? And well, I don't know everything to give you that answer. I can't just make a generalizing swoop of yes because how am I to know how fate weaves its patterns how am I to know what is good and I don't mean in some relativistic way because there are things that in my own life I can say that I know that it's good for me to be honest I know that it's good for me to have integrity. I know that it's beneficial for me and the world to not steal. So even thinking about things like the Ten Commandments is that they can be an outline for bringing harmony to the world. That it's not that, oh, if I lie, I'm going to hell. But it's that if I lie, I bring hell to myself. I'm lowering my self-esteem if I lie. I'm saying that there's something that I need to apologize for. 
when if I'm living in my integrity, then what other people say and think about me is none of my business. And then maybe sometimes it is, and maybe sometimes there's a working that I could do. The dichotomy, the juxtaposition, the the gray area in between that I am both powerless and powerful. I don't have clear answers or generalizing swoops. It's one situation at a time, one day at a time, trial and error. And maybe it's not even an error. Maybe it's a learning opportunity. I know that for me, I don't have all the answers and that it's okay for me to say that I don't know. Humility is such a valuable spiritual principle for me to practice. I heard a story about a woman who she told me when she was a child that she looked out into the nursery school and told all the other children, I am the king and you shall submit to me. And I thought, well, that's not a very good story. It's probably not something that you should repeat. It's not a, it's not a good vibe to be projecting some image that I'm better than other people, that I know and that I am the king and you are my servants. For me, it's much more empowering and harmonious to recognize that I am royalty, but so are you. Namaste. The light in me bows to the same light in you. It is not that I dominate, though sometimes that's important for sure. But it's that we are connected, intertwined, and that the outside world is often a reflection of what's going on within me. Paying attention, observation, trying one thing, and if that doesn't work, maybe trying another. And sure, sometimes we feel stuck. And sometimes it's just a matter of just trying to do something different. What little thing can I do to change the course? Can I lace up my sneakers and go for a walk? Can I turn over and get a fresh perspective? Can I brush my teeth or drink water or light some incense? Or if I can't seem to muster the strength to meditate for a long time, maybe I can at least muster five or ten minutes. 
small changes make big differences over time. And I can tell because I'm growing. Because I didn't text that person back who texted me on Tuesday. Because I'm obligated to nobody but myself. And that what's good for me is good for you. Because my God only has win-win situations. And today I choose love. Today I choose healing. Today I choose recovery. One step at a time. One second at a time, one minute at a time, one day at a time. I choose patience, tolerance, kindness. I choose yerba mate tea. I choose to pray that barriers be destroyed, roads be opened, and that love abound. Because my God only has win-win situations. So I suppose that today is one of the occasionally not funny episodes of A Thousand Serious Moves. As we transition here to our root of the day, Galangle. I have Galangle here on my shelf with roots that I think I bought it because I read that you can make a wash with it to make your hair blonder and blondes have more fun. And so since I love to have fun, I bought Galangle. But apparently it's good for other types of fun like promoting lust. I read online the true source of true facts and information that Galangle helps produce semen. And that also coincides, though, with Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia of Magical Herbs, where it talks about how Galangle is used to induce lust. So it's interesting that the medical, quote-unquote, interpretation of Galangle has for inducing male sperm and then the magical use is that you can you can sprinkle you can like uh sprinkle it around your bedroom to promote lust you could probably even add it into uh, a love incense and magically it also says that you can it draws luck you can wear or carry it to bring luck i would say whenever you're working with an herb or a root is that you want to speak over it and you want to you want to charge it with your intention. So if you're if you're wanting it to bring you luck, then hold it in your hand and speak over it that you want it to bring you luck. I would also recite psalms for luck over it, like Psalm 47, which you can purchase my magical psalms book from my Etsy shop. The link is in the show notes. And but even if you don't have that, you can you charge it with your intention. And so you like envision and you speak over it saying, be turned from material to spiritual to draw into me luck that whenever I wear it, that you draw into me luck. 
You could even anoint it with like some type of luck drawing oil. Or if you have essential oils like cinnamon or clove, those draw in luck as well. So you could even anoint the root with those oils to draw in luck. So you could just keep adding layers to it. So what I would do with Galangle if I wanted to wear it on a necklace is that I would speak over it my intention. I would spray it with some Florida water or holy water. I would anoint it with some cinnamon or clove essential oil. I would recite Psalm 47 over it. I would do it on a Thursday or maybe a Sunday. These are suggestions, but if all you have is the root, you can at least speak your intention over it. At least do that. But you see how when we're working with things metaphysically, we can continue to add more layers of intention and power to it. But with the faith of a mustard seed, you can move mountains. So you don't need all the the candles and the incenses and the oils and all those things are nice. But with faith, that's all you need. And then in terms of practical healing, our great Christian mystic Hildegard von Bingen says that if you have a weak heart or heart pain, that you can mix galangal and wine and drink it and it will help heal your heart. And that if you have a fever, that you can grind up galangal and mix it with spring water and then drink it and then your fever will go away. So you can draw in luck or you can sprinkle it around your room to promote lust or you can drink it with wine to strengthen your heart. There's even a psalm for that. You can drink it with water to cure a burning fever. And you can get creative. Let's say you're a man and you want to produce more semen. Maybe make a little galangal tea and drink that. You could take some horny goat weed and saw palmetto and there you go. You got your nature's uh, Cialis. <laughs> so, and then... Yeah, make sure to uh, subscribe to this podcast, share with your friends, uh, leave a review, check out the links in the show notes, um, buy some art, set up a tarot reading, and then here is our final poem once again for our good friend Galangal. Not many words rhyme with Galangal, so I'll be careful to them not mangle. The truth for healing of your heart. Drink galangal and wine a la carte. Or if a fever thou doth hast, drink galangal and water so that it not last. For producing semen or inducing lust, in galangal thou shalt trust. In bringing luck or making a buck, use galangal to get unstuck.